Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas, and I'm excited that you're here. And with that, we're going to jump into this week's podcast here in just a second. We're going to hit up our sponsors that help make the show possible. There's lots of companies that I believe in that I think help veterans across the board, whether it's find a job, hire talent, become more efficient in their practice, all those things, right? So these sponsors mean a ton to me. So I know a lot of people will fast forward or skip through them. But if and when you're looking for help and some of the solutions they offer, I would highly, highly encourage you to check them out. And so with that, no further ado, jump into the ads and we'll get right into the show. So thank you for listening and uh, enjoy. We all know as a practice owner, one of the last things you want to think about is tax planning and strategizing for your practice. In addition, the long list of tasks on your radar, it's really hard to do everything. You have to find a trustworthy team of experts that understands the unique and specific needs within veterinary medicine. My suggestion would be my friends at Granite Peak Associates. Granite Peak is an advanced tax planning and veterinary practice advisory firm who has spent many years working within VetMed. Their team works year-round to make sure you're able to maximize your profitability while also minimizing your liabilities. Whether you're in the process of purchasing a practice, looking to grow your practice, or transitioning towards the sale of your practice, they are the experts to help guide you through. What makes them different than other firms is their devotion to proactive tax planning. By thinking into the future and creating long-lasting relationships with their clients, Granite Peak can help minimize the amount of taxes paid over the course of many years to come. Head over to their website, granitepeakcpa.com, to receive a personalized comparison of your practice financials against over 140 other hospitals that they've worked with. You'll be able to see how your practice ranks, where you stack up, and where the opportunities are to get better. From there, you can schedule a one-on-one -on -one call with one of the members of their team to review and analyze your results. The opportunity speaks for itself. You need someone on your side. Granite Peak Associates is that team. Take advantage of their innovative expertise within the veterinary industry. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Finding a job or finding a veterinarian shouldn't be a waste of time. Enter an offer first. Paul Diaz and team have created something really special with Offer First. Some of my favorite reasons are as follows. Candidates and employers will both have values aligned on the first step, not the last. The sign-up process, quick and simple, no resume required. So if you're looking for a job, but you aren't really sure, it's as easy as scrolling on Zillow for a home. And finally, if you have a great match, it's based on your each unique requirements, not random keywords. If you want to learn more, listen to episode 179 with Paul Diaz. We cover all of that. The other exclusive great thing that you're going to get from this ad read and from Paul is I convinced him to give an exclusive discount to listeners of this podcast. So for owners, you're getting a 20% discount on both the placement of any candidate, but also access to the platform. Use VSP if you go to offer first or the easiest way is a link in the show notes. So check it out. Associates, those looking for a job, same thing. Use the link in the show notes. Use VSP if you go directly to offer first. But I will donate and Paul will donate to a veterinary nonprofit of your choosing. So each person that signs up gets a vote. Your votes actually count, which is incredible. And so I'll be reaching out. I will handle that. But there's going to be a donation made for any associate 
or any job seeker that adds on the platform. We want to make sure that not only does the platform help to make sure that you find a better fit, better culture, better role, but it's also doing good in veterinary medicine. Okay, so link in the show notes is going to take you to Offer First. It's going to automatically apply that, but also use code VSP if you go to Offer First directly. And Offer First is changing the game of veterinary recruiting. I want each and every one of you to benefit from it. So check them out today. Find out for yourself why my friends at Shepherd Veterinary Software are the fastest growing practice management software. They're doing something right. Founded by Dr. Cindy Barnes, Shepherd is an intuitive, easy to learn, streamlines practice management. Built for vets, by vets, it works for you and your team so you have more time to spend on what's most important, your patients. Shepherd automatically updates the medical records, adds services to the invoice, generates discharge instructions, and so much more. Bring home more stories and less stress. Check them out at shepherd.vet. Again, that's shepherd.vet. All right. Welcome back for another radio show. I hope some of you are listening to this on the way to or maybe back from VMX. Most of the country, including myself, would love some of that Orlando weather right now as we're negative temps and uh, in real terms. And then if you uh, take in the feels like, it's definitely a majorly double-digit negative. So it's uh, awful outside. With that, it's going to surprise no one if you see the, the title of this episode. I'm going to talk about Bitcoin. And there was actually a really big story that some of you may have followed, may have seen. But I do think it's really, really important to kind of chat through it. And, and articulate it because I have talked about it uh, a lot and talked about it publicly since the summer of 2020 and on this podcast since uh, August 31st, 2020. And I looked at the Bitcoin price. It was about 11680 the first time it appeared on the podcast or about 367% returns ago. And before I get too uh, big of a head and pat myself on the back, I won't take any victory laps because I did call for a $200,000 Bitcoin which hasn't materialized yet. I still think it's absolutely in the cards and coming in the future. But um, you know, I'm not always going to be correct on those kind of things, which is why I don't make the predictions. Um, but what I hope that most long-term listeners that have listened to all those episodes can appreciate is that I've been extremely consistent. The first thing is it's Bitcoin, not crypto, right? I'm not out here talking about various different cryptocurrency assets and like, oh, buy this thing and flip it to this and do this. It's always been Bitcoin. It's always been the narrative, right? And I think everyone needs a Bitcoin allocation. The wrong allocation is zero. Buy a lump sum, consistently save into it. Learn about self-custody. If you're a practice owner, darn it, you should learn to accept it because I think it'll help from a marketing perspective and it'll be great for long-term goals that you want to accomplish with the business, having true savings that's not losing value year after year. So with that, then along comes the ETF approvals that happened last Wednesday. There was a little hiccup where it was pre-announced the day before, and it was a little bit of a cluster. Not going to necessarily give all the details there, but thoughts are maybe there was a scheduled tweet that uh, went out too soon. Anyways, last Wednesday, it was um, approved and then started trading on uh, January 11th, which was the subsequent day on Thursday. The ETF was always going to be coming. Um, the first kind of ETF approach to uh, have uh, a Bitcoin ETF came out in 2013. It was in vain. It's been tried for a lot, a lot of years. Finally, it launched and there were 13 of them that were all approved in one fell swoop. And so for those that maybe aren't as familiar with kind of the financial jargon, an ETF is just an exchange traded fund. And so there are 11 different companies that have spot Bitcoin, which means they have to hold Bitcoin and that's all they're going to hold. And it's not a derivative. It's not some sort of thing. It's holding, uh, I'm going to say physical, which is kind of a, 
a funny way, but like the actual Bitcoin has to be held in these fund products. So each dollar that comes in is going out and buying Bitcoin. So it's really important because there's been other kind of derivative products or things that are bad tracking mechanisms, but this would actually be kind of the best option for folks if they were looking for a, a product. Now, I'm going to talk about the differences between you know just going out and buying Bitcoin versus the ETF here in a second, but this is a, this is a really big deal. And the ETFs um, in their first day broke all the records that have been out there um, in the first two days. I'll, I'll get into some of the numbers, but it was a smashing success from that standpoint, even with some, some challenges. And I'll get into that as well. But there were 11. And so they came from BlackRock, Fidelity, Bitwise, ARK, Franklin Templeton, Invesco, Valkyrie, VanEck, WisdomTree, and Grayscale. Um, my favorite ticker comes from Valkyrie. And so tickers are just basically like a, a short version instead of the long full name. It's a four-digit code that you put in and you can find it. And the Valkyrie ticker is BRRR, B -R -R -R, which is basically um, a joke on the idea of a lot of times Bitcoiners will say, you know, money printer go burr because of the amount of just new dollars and cents that come into uh, the market. And, you know, you've heard me quote this in the past, if you listen to the podcast, but 40% of all US dollars that have ever been created were created in that 2020 to 2021 period. So Burr is a great name. I really like it. And um, I want to get into why the ETF matters, right? So gold, which a lot of people at times, and I think wrongfully so, will say Bitcoin is just digital gold. Let's just say it is. It's not. It's way more than that. But let's just say it's digital gold. So GLD was the first spot gold ETF, and it was launched November 18th, 2004. Gold spot price was $443 an ounce. The gold spot price was pretty choppy for almost a year as it started to trade. And then after that, it went up to $970 per ounce of gold in 2008. So what you saw was a dramatic doubling in basically, um, you know, call it, four years. And so that was a really big um, move for gold, right? Historically, gold doesn't have those kind of moves. And so the ETF actually helped spark an easy, accessible way for people to have gold exposure without having to go buy the physical. And there are some differences, right? Like if you go out and buy Bitcoin versus gold, gold's a little harder to come by. There's some sort of transaction where you're having to go physically go get it because Bitcoin is digital in nature. Um, you don't have to, uh, to do that. And it is actually extremely easy just like buying the ETF. And so the ETF, what does it mean? Why does it matter? It means that if you have a Charles Schwab, you have a Fidelity account, you have a um, TD Ameritrade account, an E-Trade account, wherever, now it's just easy, just like your stocks or your bonds or anything else, you can just buy Bitcoin and it's all within the same account and it just makes it easy. If you can improve the health of an animal, you'd do it, right? Of course, that's what makes veterinarian special. You're mission driven. My friends at LifeLearn are the exact same way. For over 25 years, they've been partnering with you and your peers, providing affordable, customizable online software solutions. These solutions save time, increase efficiency, and assist in managing all aspects of operations. Why? They want to help you improve your partnership with pet owners to improve pet health. LifeLearn has award-winning digital media solutions and are leading the pack as they've prioritized having extensive veterinary knowledge throughout their teams. That difference is seen, it's heard, and it's read by thousands of people across the country. Relax, grow, and thrive with LifeLearn. Click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer to see how LifeLearn can allow you to get back to what you do best.
Now, one of the big challenges is so all those issues that I talked about earlier, you know, BlackRock, Fidelity, all the all of them except Fidelity are holding their Bitcoin when they buy it for you, right? And you're paying them for this. It's all held at Coinbase. And so you're paying a counterparty, which would be, let's say, BlackRock, for example, to go out and then source Bitcoin and then hold it at Coinbase. And so you're trusting BlackRock and you're trusting Coinbase. You can go out to Coinbase directly and buy Bitcoin and have it held at Coinbase the same way, right? So the ETF is a little goofy in that regard, where it's just adding an extra layer to something that actually isn't that hard to do. I guess the, the biggest thing is you don't have to create an account. You don't have to do anything else. It's just all within your current structure. But so let's talk about the ETF compared to buying um, just spot Bitcoin or Bitcoin at an exchange. So an ETF gives you price exposure only. It cannot be tax loss harvested the same way as spot Bitcoin. Has layers of counterparty risk, which I just talked about. It, you can never actually use Bitcoin as you know peer-to-peer -peer cash or digital money. It can't be traded on the weekends or holidays and Bitcoin trades 365, 24-7. So if it moves drastically, you are either in or out, but you have to kind of hold and can't do anything over the weekends. And you'll be taxed if you actually do want to get the real thing down the road. So let's say you buy it in your, um, you know, your Charles Schwab account and you see that, hey, this Bitcoin thing's been the best performer for a number of years. Hey, uh, Schwab, I would love to actually redeem this back for Bitcoin. Great. They're going to say, hey, pay some taxes. Here's some dollars. Now go out and buy the real thing. You can never, as an ETF holder, actually own the Bitcoin you own a dollar price tracking mechanism. And the other thing is with Bitcoin, there's no wash sale rule, which an ETF still will fall under that. So a wash sale rule is when you tax loss harvest Bitcoin, you can buy and sell. And if you have a loss in the minute that you do that, um, you can book that loss. And so you can actually never be out of your position, but still book a loss. With an ETF, it goes back to the wash sale rule, which is 30 days. So if you want to, let's say Bitcoin goes down in value after you buy the ETF, you want to write that off in your taxes, you sell it, you have to wait 30 days before you can repurchase it again. Maybe the Bitcoin price really moves in that 30 days and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have sold it, right? With the actual spot Bitcoin, you don't have that problem. And so there are a lot of negatives from that standpoint. And another one is that the fees compound. So the fees that you're paying, and we'll talk a little bit on fees here in a second, those fees compound just like when we talk about investment management or paying a financial advisor, I think there's so many great advisors. I've been very, you know, pro advisor for a long time. Used to be one. I think they can add a ton of value, but those fees compound in terminal wealth. So if you buy Bitcoin, it's a one-time transaction cost. And if you hold it in your own self-custody, you don't pay anything after that. And so that amount that you have, it's not bleeding out value. These products are created to make money for the ETF providers, right? They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart to make uh, Bitcoin adoption happen, right? They see a way to make money. They see that there's demand. And instead of seeing capital flow out to go buy Bitcoin from an exchange, they want to just make it easy internally. And it's really hard to basically move between custodians and personal custody. Again, you can't take the Bitcoin out and say, hey, Fidelity, hey, BlackRock, hey, Bitwise, I'll take that Bitcoin now. I feel comfortable self-custing. The answer is no. Lastly, um, you can use an ETF as you know, like dollar collateral, but you can actually use the Bitcoin underneath it. Let's say the Bitcoin goes up in a lot of value and you want to put it in a, um, you know, a loan, you want to use it for collateral. Well, it won't count the same way as spot Bitcoin. So that's another kind of negative that's out there. What's the pro? What's the pro? And when does it make sense that the ETF is actually a benefit? And I will tell you, I think the only time that the ETF to me makes a lot of sense is if I have a really small 
um, retirement account. And maybe it's, I have a couple thousand dollars. I want to just have a little bit of Bitcoin exposure. Great. You can do that. Now I work at Swan. I think most people understand that Swan is a Bitcoin only company. We offer IRA products. We have a flat cost for those IRAs. I think typically when someone has over like 20 or $25,000 in IRA, way better to actually own spot Bitcoin versus a derivative or not a derivative, but a, uh, kind of a, a price tracking ETF, which is what it is. You don't actually own the underlying. Um, the other thing would be if you have a 401k and you have the ability to do what's called like a self-directed brokerage account. And I know a couple people listening actually have this. So maybe you're at a Schwab or a Fidelity and it gives you the ability to, you know, and make your own investment choices versus the, the automatic lineup. It's pretty rare for 401ks to have it, but some do. You could go in and maybe the ETF allows you to then have Bitcoin exposure. I think that's actually the best case scenario for the ETF is like within 401ks and it unlocks it. And then the other thing is there's a lot of people that will never actually go out and buy spot Bitcoin, learn about it. They just want price exposure and they have, let's say, a lot of money or they're an older individual. This unlocks um, flows for them to put that money to work. And I think that's what you're going to see. Similar to the gold ETF, there's just a lot of new money that's going to be coming into Bitcoin because of it. So costs, the cheapest right now, and it's not a cost that's going to stay that way forever, um, is the Bitwise ETF. It's at 20 basis points or 0.2. Grayscale comes out at the most expensive at 1.5%. Grayscale being at 1.5% is a little bit laughable. And the reason they're doing that is they had a product that was a trust product that was a 2% fee. They converted to an ETF. They lowered the fee a little bit. But a lot of people bought it a long time ago when you couldn't buy Bitcoin in you know, other accounts because there was no ETF offering. And so they have a lot of money that's kind of trapped in the product. It's some that's taxable where they don't want to pay capital gains and they know that they can make that money. So it's a little bit of a shysty way to do it. Um, and they're absolutely going to do it. I don't think highly of Grayscale, but that's a... a conversation for another day. So with flows, I talked about this earlier, with two days in the books, the new ETFs have taken in $1.4 billion in new cash. Top three, BlackRock, Fidelity, Bitwise. I do want to give a shout out to Fidelity. I talked about how everything was held at Coinbase. Fidelity is the only ETF provider that actually is holding their own private keys and actually holding and custodying the Bitcoin for their clients. I give Fidelity a big uh, kudos for that. If I had to pick uh, an ETF, that might be the one that I would pick. That's not a recommendation, just a suggestion on looking at all the metrics. Um, If you look at volume, number of trades, flow, media coverage, it was a smashing success, historical, and despite limited platform availability, um, just relax and look at this as a multi-year process. That's from Eric Balchunas from Bloomberg. He's an ETF specialist and has covered this extensively. And so he's basically saying like, this thing has been a massive success and it will be. Just look at the, the, the amount of information coming out. So one thing that's also important about an ETF structure is it's going to trade during market hours, right? I talked about that. It's not going to trade on the weekends. It doesn't trade after hours. 9.30 Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern is the only time it trades. And so there's a a really good source from the traditional world that gave a really good breakdown that I want to read to you. And it said, my quick take on the trade volatility the past couple of days is that the ETFs being a trade day plus two settlements. So when you trade, it takes two days for it actually to settle in your account. Unlike Bitcoin that settles automatically or within probably 10 to 10 minutes to an hour. Um, and Monday being a market holiday for MLK, the ETFs don't actually have to settle their Bitcoin transactions until Tuesday. If I were on the trade desk for BlackRock or Fidelity, I would instinctively guess that the GBTC, GBTC shares, which is the grayscale shares, again, those are the most expensive, would be sold the last couple of days, cash in, cash out, and they need to sell the Bitcoin, knowing this would suppress the price short term for them to scoop up uh, the Bitcoin at a better price to settle their trades next week. GBTC reportedly didn't sell any Bitcoin until today. This was as of Friday. 
maybe I'm incorrect, but this is my current theory. And so what you saw is like everyone was so bullish. They were so excited about the ETFs. Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to front run the ETFs. They're going to you know, explode uh, up in value. And what actually happened is Friday, the second day they traded, they were actually down 6%, um, up to 8%, I think, at the, the biggest moment during the day. And so what might have happened is there was people that were selling the GBTC because it's a 1.5% expense ratio. Unless they have it in a retirement account where they don't have any taxes, they're going to go out and buy maybe the BlackRock or Fidelity or the Bidwise because it's much cheaper. And so for them, it's kind of the same thing, but it's just a cheaper version. Again, those fees compound, so it's a smart decision. But what's happening is because they don't have to actually own the underlying Bitcoin for almost three days, you just saw the sales because they had to make those. They don't have to technically buy and they actually get an extra day with MLK. So it's really interesting. So we'll see coming this next week what happens with flows and what happens. Um, but again, I don't think this is necessarily like a week or a two week or a trade, right? This is buy Bitcoin and uh, continue to hold it into the future. Really interesting, Merrill and Vanguard. And Vanguard was very public. They did not allow anyone to buy the Bitcoin ETF. There was a lot of uproar about, you know, Vanguard not allowing folks to uh, buy Bitcoin, on, the Bitcoin ETFs on their platform. I think it's a little bit of like a, a nanny uh, state to do that. Right, Vanguard should allow people with their own money to do what they want to do and to tell them, hey, this isn't really in our ethos. We don't believe in it, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? It's their money. Let them do it. And so what I actually saw is there's multiple people that reached out to me because Swan offers IRAs and because a lot of people have IRA accounts at Vanguard. We had a lot of interest from people at Vanguard that wanted to leave and open up a you know, Bitcoin IRA. And again, Bitcoin IRA at Swan versus ETF, big difference there is you actually own the underlying and you can redeem back into Bitcoin. Really, really important to understand. Again, this is not a plug for the company I work for. It's just understanding that there are differences and there's ways to actually own true spot Bitcoin and not an ETF um, in a retirement account. So there are certain firms that were kind of blocking that. Eric Balchunas in his quote earlier talked about that, right? Where it said, despite limited platform availability, lots of money at Vanguard, lots of money at Merrill. There was a couple others that were smaller names that did the same thing. And uh, really, really important. Lastly, some really cool things. I'm going to give some shout outs. So Bitwise is going to donate 10% of their profits of the ETF to Bitcoin open source development. And they're going to do it to um, Brink, which is the Bitcoin core developers, uh, OpenSats, which is a nonprofit um, giving money into the Bitcoin ecosystem for people working on projects and the Human Rights Foundation. So shout out to Bitwise. I think that's awesome. VanEck pledged 5% of their Bitcoin ETF profits to Brink, which is the Bitcoin core de uh, developers as well. So I think both those companies are doing it the right way. They're taking the money and giving it back to the folks that actually keep the ecosystem and the network um, working in the best way and will allow it to develop and scale into the future. So all this to be said, right? 1.4 billion in new cash. The amount that BlackRock bought just in their ETF is more Bitcoin than what is created in like a month. And we have the Bitcoin halving, which is the new issuance of Bitcoin getting cut in half in April. So you have these big new buyers. So think of them as you know, there's new people coming in the market that are buying Bitcoin at a high clip, right? They're buying a lot of Bitcoin. All of a sudden, there's going to be less Bitcoin on the market for sale that's coming. So instead of 900 Bitcoin being created today, it's going to be 450. And already about 93.5% of all Bitcoin that'll ever be created are already in the marketplace. So to think that Bitcoin's going to go down in value with those things happening to me is a little bit uh, crazy talk, to put it candidly. So I think now, and then again, into the future, still a good time to buy Bitcoin. If you aren't doing it and you aren't learning, I would highly, highly, highly recommend carving out time 
and really digging in. And again, anyone that listens to this, you can always reach out to me at Isaiah at swanbitcoin.com. Go to welcome.swanbitcoin.com. It's a great 101. I'll post the info in the show notes. Learn about it. Get an allocation. The wrong allocation is zero. And there is a lot of money coming in this space. Um, I think the ETFs are an inefficient way to own it. I think it's going to have some bleed where you're going to have less Bitcoin long-term because you don't truly own it. You have a, a, a price tracking mechanism. You don't actually get to own the Bitcoin. You never get to redeem it. And I think that is really, really important. I think for some older individuals, it might be the right thing, um, but that's even pretty rare. So learn about it. Um, dig in. I think the Bitcoin um, story is still getting rolling. I stated in 2020 and I continue to say it. Bitcoin is the financial story of this decade. And I think you're seeing that in 2024, the launch of the ETF. This is a new world. And I've talked about in many presentations, there's this like crossing of the chasm of, you know, kind of early adopters to the early uh, majority. And I think we're getting to that with ETF adoption. So with that, check it out. Let me know your thoughts. Again, anything you want to know about Bitcoin, ping me, DM on Instagram, DM on um, LinkedIn, and feel free to reach out to me at Isaiah at veterinariansuccesspodcast.com or Isaiah at swanbitcoin.com. And uh, stay safe out there. Talk soon. And if you're at WVC, please let me know. Would love to chat in person. Take care.